Welcome to 120 Outdoors, where we talk about how to enjoy the outdoor opportunities we all have close to home. If you love all things outdoors, this podcast is for you to get out and get more out of it. Hi, my name is Chris DePaula. And I'm Don Klaus. And welcome to today's show. Today, we have to talk about an important subject. And I'm going to start with this, Chris. Chris, did you ever go to a restaurant and get yourself a very nice meal? It's fantastic. It always ends, though, with you. You kind of got to pay for it. Yeah, got to pay the bill. Yeah. 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 Which part of it do you like more? I like the eating part, but somebody's got to pay the bill. You got it. And you know what? The outdoors we enjoy is is no different than that. You know, it's fantastic. We have a lot of opportunities in our 120 and beyond. But ultimately, somebody has to pay for that. In our uh, world and the, the recipe that works today is that a lot of that is share, shouldered by the hunters and anglers who purchase licenses and purchase gear, uh, whether you know it or not. You know, when you buy the stuff that you need uh, to uh, enjoy fishing and hunting, uh, there's a tax that's built right in. Uh, that helps fund yep, an excise tax. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, for many years, that's, that's done a really good job. But, uh, one of the things we do know is the numbers of hunters and anglers, uh, is in decline continues to drop. Yeah. It's just a fact. Yeah. And with that in mind, uh, there needs to be a few more bucks thrown into the pool to, to keep the, the outdoor enjoyment that we get to have. Yep. You know, just a couple numbers here too, Don, that I had um, that I thought was really interesting. And it kind of leads right into why we're talking about this today on the podcast. And you mentioned it just a second ago about the, we're, we're losing hunters and anglers at an alarming rate. I mean, let's be honest here. It's nowhere near what it was when you and I started 40 some years ago, getting serious fact. about it. It's a fact. And as a matter of fact, in the U.S. population right now, there's only 4% of the population actually buys a hunting license. And that continues to drop um, at an alarming rate of about a percent a year. So think about that. And in, in the very near future, we're almost going to be um, to the point where it's, it's about a negative number, you know, going forward. And then fishing has been uh, rather steady the past three or four years. That could be COVID-related. You know, people got to go out uh, during the COVID period and get to do a little more fishing than they probably have in the past. So right now it's at 14% of the u.s population actually buys a fishing license here in ohio um, it can even though we had that little bump at the COVID year uh, it actually still continues to drop slowly every year so if that if this trend continues and we don't do something with additional funding because the there's no anglers or hunters buying hunting and fishing gear where that excise tax is coming from there won't be any funding for all the programs that we all enjoy so much and also the folks that aren't paying into this enjoy so much. Um, and I'm not picking on anybody, but there's a lot of folks that enjoy the great outdoors that don't hunt, don't fish, um, or do anything like that. Right. There are many, many beneficiaries yes. to yes. the monies contributed by hunting license, fishing licenses, yes. and, and gear purchases. Yeah. So do you want to tell our listeners a little about about the bill we're talking, Donna? Then we'll go ahead and get into our guest. Yeah. Well, what we're, um, what we're talking about today is the Recovering America's Wildlife Act, and that is House of Representatives 2773. 
<clears throat> this is a bill that was introduced by Debbie Dingle uh, from Michigan, representative from Michigan, and it has since passed the House of Representatives and now resides with the United States Senate for uh, for a vote at some point. Yeah, and and that's that's where we're at right now. So we're we have a guest coming on the show today. It's going to go. Don and I aren't going to dig too far into it. We're going to let our guest talk about it because there's a lot of tentacles with this, and it's a rather deep subject. But I think it's important that we all understand. All of us that love to hunt and fish, and and we're born to do that. Um, I love being outside, and and this has concerned me going forward. I, I was really very concerned, wondering where the funding was going to come for all the programs we enjoy. And this is a step in the right direction. Who knows how, if it'll be permanent fix, but it's a step at least temporarily in the right direction. And you don't have to hunt or fish uh, to, to find to this benefit from this. Yeah, important to you. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. this this will benefit all manner of wildlife. Yes, and all manner of uh, of uh, outdoor recreation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in areas where people enjoy wildlife. Absolutely. So our next guest. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and introduce him. His name is Don Rank. And he is the chairman of the Pennsylvania chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. So, Don, let's just jump right to the interview so our listeners can enjoy that. Okay, our next guest on 120 Outdoors is Don Rank. And Don is the chair for the Pennsylvania chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Don, welcome to the show this evening. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Welcome, Don. Well, today we'd like to, to talk a little bit about your area of expertise and, you know, one of those things that I think everybody needs to know is that uh, as great as the outdoors is, there really is no free lunch. Somebody's paying for it. So why don't you take us, start us down the road on um, who's paying? Right now, the, the hunters and anglers are doing the lion's share of the paying for if, if you're talking about wildlife and fish management uh, through license fees and the Pittman-Robertson excise tax on hunting and fishing, on hunting equipment and shooting equipment, and the Dingle-Johnson funds, which cover uh, fishing equipment and uh, boat fuel, and that provides the bulk of the funding for our state wildlife agencies. And while we like to talk about you know trout, deer, elk, whatever you want to chase, uh, they're responsible for all of the wildlife in their states. So it's not just like the white-tailed deer. It's also the the, the cardinal in your backyard, um, the, the hellbender salamanders. So things that we don't normally, that we may appreciate when we're out in nature, but we're n- they're not really what we're focusing a lot of our activities on. Um, so the bill, the, the funds that are coming in from the hunters and anglers are taking care of all of that. Um, and that, that, that's a lot to take care of in a limited funding source. Uh, we've, we had some, a good bit of a, a jump in Pitt and Robertson funds in the last couple of years because everybody couldn't do anything. So we went outside and, do it, and were uh, enjoying the outdoors and threw some money into it. But that's not the normal uh, way it's been um, historically. Uh, the funding's level is a little bit lower, um, which, which we could use some more help with that. Um, which kind of brings us to talking about the Recovering America's Wildlife Act, which I think we're we're leading into. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that is a, the bill is designed to provide funding, $1.3 billion a year for species at risk and uh, species, uh, uh, 
not just wildlife, but also plant species. It was expanded uh, in one of the iterations of the bill, um, mostly endangered or threatened species. And the point for this being is this fund, this funding could be used for these threatened species before they become endangered. Because once you get somebody in the endangered list, it becomes much more expensive to manage. It's much harder to to uh, fix the problem. And also, if you follow the wolves and grizzly bears and all the listings and delistings and problems you, you've seen out west, once you get something on the list, it's very hard to get them off. So right. you wind up having a whole bunch of other headaches on top of that. And this, this funding source is designed to uh, fix that gap and bring a little more money towards the non-game species. I mean, not the game species are not eligible, but we've done a really good job of managing them. So with very little exception, they're not a threatened or endangered endangered species. Um, it's all the other stuff that those that our funding sources are going to right now. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question here, Don. Now, is that, mm-hmm. yeah. is, I, I realize that the, the yeah. name of the bill is the Recovering America's Wildlife Act. Is that mm-hmm. the only thing that this bill is going to be focusing on? Or are there other things um, that the states uh, can do uh, with this funding? There's a few things. Well, when you, when you talk about Pittman-Robertson funding, you mm-hmm. can, it goes towards hunting. And now that it expanded, you can do like, you can do uh, like shooting ranges shooting and things sport, like that. Right, right. Yeah. Shooting sport things. Uh, this is designed just just for the uh, the restoration of wildlife and plant species of greatest conservation need. So okay. um, that's all it goes to. And there are 12,000 species at risk that have been uh, documented so far. Um, so these funds will supplement but not replace the Pippin-Robertson funds and the Dingle-Johnson funds. But what the, the, the good thing about that is that money – will go into those funds and you can still have your Pippin Robinson funds and your Dingle Johnson funds to go back into your I follow uh, you. fish and wildlife okay. management okay. You know, instead of diverting it. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this has a feel like, well, just like non-game species mm-hmm. and whatnot have benefited by Pittman Robertson and Dingle Johnson. Right. Seems like uh, this, those uh, target species then would benefit from this legislation if it, if it goes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean... I like being out in the woods. I like seeing all types of creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you only care <laughs> about white-tailed deer and don't care about seeing anything else in the woods, this will benefit you <laughs> because there's money that would normally be diverted will can now be can now be kept and used for other game management yeah, that that wouldn't normally be funded. Yes, I think that's the big key of this. I didn't realize yeah. that part. That that yeah. was uh, one of the reasons why we wanted you on the show today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I feel better about this already now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a big concern for me. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm so, glad we solved that. Yeah, <laughs> what's next? So, <laughs> so with the Pittman Robertson and Dingle Johnson monies, we we know who's paying for that, right? Hunters yeah. and anglers. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the money come from for the Rawa? Yeah, right now, um, there's the, the House bill. There's two versions of this of Rawa. There's a House bill and a Senate bill. The House bill passed the House and is sitting in the Senate. The Senate bill hasn't been voted on yet. The House bill passed, and it didn't have a secure funding source, which just came from general funds. Now, when you think of other like other programs like this, like Pittman Robertson, it comes from the excise tax. Uh, the Land and Water Conservation Fund comes from um, offshore drilling leases. 
this didn't have, and this is this is going to be one of the sticking points. Uh, didn't have a specific funding source. One of the pay fors uh, that they've they proposed is taking fund uh, the funding through the Charitable Conservation Easement Program Integrity Act of 2021, which basically closes a tax loophole. And if it closes it for con- for conservation easements, people are getting uh, kind of double dipping. Or I, I'm I'm not going to be good at being able to explain the intricacies of tax law. Um, but basically, it's going to increase tax revenue by closing a loophole, and that will provide funding for it. That's on the House bill. Uh, the Senate bill has funding uh, through established through fines um, for environmental uh, le- levies on le- environment, environmental levies and um, things of that nature. So you know, people pay a fine. That money goes towards this. Um, and, and before it passes the Senate, I think they're going to have to figure out that funding source and what they're definitely going to do it. Because without without that, then it's it. You're putting one point three billion dollars into the deficit every year, and people don't want to people don't want to sign on to that. No, I can um, understand. You that. know, yeah, not yeah. helpful. Yeah, but if you can you can identify something. So, um, like like the Senate, the civil or criminal penalties um, from natural resource or environmental related problems. If they're if they're going to take all those fees and that they collect and put it into that, well, then you have a funding source. Okay. And it doesn't mean you're going to go out and write tickets just to fund it, uh, but they have a, a track record of what they pull in every year normally, mm-hmm. and that will pay for this. Whereas the closing a tax loophole, it looks like it'll pay for it, but it's theoretical so far because they've just you know they, they've they're, you're not seeing any increases in tax revenue yet because it's, it, they still have to close the loophole. So, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. You know, one of the things I yeah. wanted to bring up too, Don, and, and uh, we mm-hmm. talked about this before we got on the air, before we even heard about this recovering America's yeah. wildlife mm-hmm. act, I remember we reading about the backpack tax, you know, years ago, yeah. mm-hmm. what, whatever happened to that? And, and is that, is that, is this a result of that? I mean, that kind of faded away and this kind of took over. Um, this is a result of a, a blue ribbon panel that was that came in, in 2015, and it was put together. The um, it was run by uh, Johnny Morris from Bass Pro Shop and um, Governor, uh, former Governor of Colorado, uh, Dave uh, Friedenthal. Well, I'm sorry, Wyoming, uh, Dave uh, Friedenthal, and they got together with 26 businesses and industry leaders. And the uh, and what's also called AFWA, the American Fish and Wildlife Association, which is the associations of all the wildlife and fish agencies, all the game and fish agencies in in the U.S. They have this, they have the National Association, and they looked at the problems with endangered species, species at risk, habitat issues, and what they came up with is RAWA, like the the, the funding that would be needed yearly, and how to best address these issues by by basically funneling them towards species at risk so that you can get them while they're at risk before they're threatened or endangered. Mm-hmm. Um, the backpack tax, that's, I mean, people have talked about that for a while. I mean, I would love to see a backpack tax. Uh, I, I have no problem that I, that, you know, part of my, all my purchases go to help conservation. 
Um, sometimes it's an excuse to buy something extra at the store. That's but, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's for conservation. That new boat's for conservation. That's right. That, yeah. My wife yeah. doesn't understand that yet, but you yeah, know. Yeah, that, yeah. That's why. That, that's the reason to buy the next great, the next <laughs> one. So. That's right. Yeah, uh, but the backpack tax has been. It's been proposed, but it's also been fought. The the people that were going to be affected by it that have fought against it. So the the industry that say they're already paying taxes on yeah backpacks, but so are so is the gun industry. So is the you know the fishing fishing industry. Uh, yeah, fishing industry. They they are they're, they are paying taxes. They're just also paying this excise tax. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's it's not like it's not like you oh you you Pittman Robertson funds you don't have to pay any other taxes. No, you're still paying other taxes. That's just extra. Um, so but the back but yeah. The REIs, um, around sports, all the traditional backpacking uh, oriented things or, or mountain bike companies, because uh, they've proposed mountain bikes in this at some point, but I don't know that that even got any traction. Um, but the backpack tax is the one that everybody talks about. And basically, the backpack industry has been opposed to it. <laughs> yeah. Now, I can tell you, Chris and I have never groused about uh, paying that extra money for nope. our, for our nope. for yeah. our gear. I, yeah. But I I yeah. have read that there's been much grousing about the <laughs> from the uh, uh, the backpack biking and et cetera, mm-hmm. mountain climbing or broad yeah. climbing mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, 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 so, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's it, it would it would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. people say well, there's one of the things that people argue against the backpack tax is that because we pay as hunters and anglers, we pay a lot of money. So we have that seat at the table, but doesn't there are other people that aren't paying that still have a seat at the table because you can still call your legislator. Mm-hmm. You can still vote. You still, you know, you still put in public comments. I don't get what, if I, if I submit public comments on a, on a bill, I don't get like an extra star next to my comment because I have, I spent, you know, I put this much money into the Pittman Robertson fund this year. Right. Right. So, so people are getting a voice. They're just not paying for it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of what we've seen. Yep. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so with, uh, Rawa, um, mm-hmm. I, I know that backcountry hunters and anglers is a, uh, an endorser of that. Is that accurate? Uh, yep. That's correct. Yeah. And, uh, uh, is it, uh, your opinion that it goes far enough at this time? I mean, if you're going to ask me if I want more, I'm always going to want more. But this is a great bill. <laughs> um, the, this, I mean, this, it 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 puts it puts a lot of money into the right hands, um, targeted towards you know things that really that, that are really needed. Uh, there's the way they <clears throat> they break down the funding. There's there's some requirements, like there, it requires matching funds. So we talk about 1.3 billion coming in. It's actually 2.6. Because the states have to match those funds, just like Pittman Robertson. Fifteen hmm. percent um, of it has to go towards endangered species, and then there's also a ten percent of the total funding that goes towards innovative ideas, um, and this and competitive or competitive grants, basically, um, to encourage cooperation, interstate cooperation, and also to fund like new and really good ideas when it comes to these things. So if there's something that's that hasn't been done before, but you know, people have a very good proposal, they can get some of the funding, and maybe we can find a new way to fix a problem. Well, sounds good. Yeah. yeah. So um, um, 
we know that it's in the Senate right now. Uh, yes, it's through the House. Uh, what uh, what should we tell our listeners to 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 act or think about on on where it's at now and what they can do? Well, if you want to call your senator um, in PA, uh, Senator Portman is a co-sponsor, so you can call him and thank him. And in PA, uh, Senator Casey's a co-sponsor. Uh, if you want to call your other senators and ask them to become a sponsor, um, they because currently there's 36 co-sponsors in the Senate. Um, and that's divided between 19 Democrats, 16 Republicans, and one independent. Uh, so not quite down the middle in co-sponsors, but pretty close. Um, so if you pick up a few more co-sponsors, that's going to guarantee a vote. Because um, <clears throat> you have to get past the filibuster to bring it to a vote. And if you have enough, if you get a, a few more co-sponsors, you're going to get across that line. So, um, And it's always a good idea to call your legislator. Like I, I'm kind of a policy nerd. So I have my legislator's phone number in my <laughs> in my phone, and if there's a bill comes up, I will call and ask them to support, ask them to um, to oppose, or thank them for their vote. Uh, and it takes less than sixty seconds to call your legislator because you're either going to get a voicemail and someone just picks it up and takes a tally, like oh we got five calls for X, and you know two calls against it, so maybe we should think about supporting X. Uh, or you, if you pick up, if a live person picks up, it's pretty much the same thing. You tell them your name, your constituent, and this is what you, this is what you'd like them to support or oppose. Uh, and when I talk to a live person, I don't think I've ever spent more than two minutes on the phone. Right, right. So, yeah. Sounds easy enough. Yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. could definitely ask our listeners to do that for sure. Yeah. I know Don and I are going to yeah. do that. You bet. Yeah. 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 And if you really want to talk to somebody, just call after hours and you guarantee to get a voice message. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point too. Yeah. 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 Hey, backtracking just a bit to sure. the to the house. I yeah. I did see um I, I went to um Congress.gov and I, I noticed mm-hmm. the vote uh that it yeah. passed, but it wasn't the slam dunk that I would have thought it would have been, you know. Um, no. what's the deal there? Is there a reason? It, it, it lost some support over the funding, hmm. over the funding source. <clears throat> it had, it's gone through a few iterations of what the funding source was. And at one point it was, I think it was almost exactly the same as the land and water conservation funding source. And people said, hey, uh, we're already using that money for something else. Maybe we should not, not take from that other program. That's great. Hmm. Um, and so they've, they've gone through a few iterations of what's going to fund it. And I think once it went to the, uh, general funds, it lost some support and that's why they're going to have to rectify that with, with, with the Senate. Yeah. So they're either going to use the Senate, this, the version of the Senate bill, which has the, the, uh, the funding to the fines, or they're going to figure out some other funding source before the, before it gets voted through. I think once you get that, once you get that funding source, all the people that voted against it that were before that that, that had flipped, they'll come back and vote for it because and they've they've people have voiced that concern. Okay, I don't blame them. That is a that is yeah. an issue. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just dream stuff up. It has no, to be there has yeah. to be yeah. some kind of funding coming from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Now, who's responsible yeah. for securing the funding too? Don, how does that work? The, um, the, well, if it comes from the general treasury, it comes out of the budget. Um, okay. but, but you're looking at the, um, that would be the tax loophole. If you're looking at the, um, 
the like the through the fines. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think that's the um, the EPA. Okay, and probably the Department of Interior um, and Department of Interior places that would levy these fines. So they, it would come through those the um, enforcement arms. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 If I'm not mistaken, the EPA doles out plenty of fines. I, I bet that's yeah. a big number. Yeah. 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 Yep. And that's why. And that's why it's a more viable funding source because you have you also have a track record of we know that we pull in this you know, these amount of dollars every year. So you can plan a little more. I mean, it would be great if no one ever did anything wrong, but yeah, we, we know that's things, not the things case. Happen. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. on purpose a lot of times too, yeah. but it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Things but there still requires happen. some remediation. Yeah. Yep. So. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you would ask our, our listeners definitely to contact their Senator or local Senator yeah. for sure. We will make sure we'll pass oh, yeah. that along on our Facebook yeah. page too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, um, uh, one more thing, if I can go back to sure. how the funds are used. Uh, I talked about how it needs matching funds from the states. Mm-hmm. Um, there's People might think, oh, well, if they're going to match that, will they not match the Pittman-Robertson funds? And it's a requirement that you can't use any, of your, any funds from your licensing fees to match Rawa funds until you've exhausted all your Pittman-Robertson matches. Okay. And if you return any of your Pittman-Robertson money um, for over a period of two years, you're ineligible for the Rawa funds. So you wow. still have to. So you still have to use. Like they're basically forcing you to use to, these to funds use, to use those funds yeah, first. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not going to be like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna pull from the game species to take care of you know a warbler. Um, they're going to, like, if you're going to, they're, they're still going to have, they're still going to use those funds. So, hmm. okay. Yeah. All right. That, that's, that, a, that's a good point. Cause I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Cause that, that, that would make people nervous. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Depending on what state you're in. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause there's, there's different flavors to different states. Yeah. Well, I think we've probably covered a lot of ground. Uh, is there any, any final thoughts on, uh, I guess either the, the where where we're at now with funding or where we're going um, with this? Um, if you're looking at what it would look like for how much you're going to, like how much your state's going to get, mm-hmm. um, they're projecting that Pennsylvania will get 31 million and Ohio will get $28 million a year. Wow. So yeah. The, the, you could do the, a the lot form- with that. Exactly. Yeah. That's almost like, yeah, it, it's, it's like doubling your Pippin Robertson funds. Yeah. So you have um, yeah, they, they, the allocation is fifty percent of the land state's land mass, twenty five percent the human population, and twenty five percent of the number of species at risk in the state. So, and it's they cap it and minimize it, so no one can get more than five percent, and no one can get less than one percent of the funds. So you don't have like a large okay. land mass. So like so like California, Alaska, and Texas don't get all of the funds because yeah. they're so big. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so it so it helps even it out. That makes sense. Yeah. Sounds fair. Yeah, I'll take twenty eight yeah. million for sure for Ohio. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a nice chunk of change. Yeah. yeah. And when you and when you think of it, it's that's twenty eight million that's definitely keeping other funds from being diverted. Yeah. That, that's why we, from, yeah. we we have yeah. a couple contacts within the Ohio Department of Natural Resources and yeah. they were they've been pushing this with us. You know, mm-hmm. we actually um, talked with them in was it Mar or April in April yeah. and he mentioned that um, they're they're really behind us. I understand why yeah. now. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, our, yeah. yeah the, the, I the get Pens- it. But, yeah, <laughs> the Pennsylvania Fish Commission and the, and the Pennsylvania Game Commission are both really behind this as yeah, well. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, why. and it's for good reason. Yeah. Sure, yeah, sure. They, yeah, it really, it really helps them do their job, um, and yeah, and take care of all the species that people don't realize they take care of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're fans of all species. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, we, we, we want to like see them all there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had. Had my I was out for a little hike over the weekend, and I was just as happy to see the turkey and the deer as I was all the uh, all the songbirds and yep um, and whippoorwills and everything that I was hearing at night. So. That's right. Well, very good, Don. I, we thank you for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and if we get any questions from our listeners, which I'm sure we will, we'll definitely pass them yeah. along to you. Absolutely. Yeah, feel free. Okay, feel free. Yeah, so, thank you for your insights. And yeah, expertise. that was very very um, great great interview. Really enjoyed that. Great. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yep. All right. Thank you again. Take care. Mm. Bye. Okay. Well, that was enlightening. Yeah. And I appreciate Don taking the time out of uh, his busy day. Answered a lot of my questions. Yeah. He sounds like he's uh, very in tune with the the bill and the spirit of of what's trying to be accomplished. Absolutely. And uh, I have to agree with him 100%. Uh, Hunters and anglers have, uh, have shouldered this weight. And, we uh, have, we have for many, many years. Yeah, you know. and a little help uh, is a good thing. Yeah, it, it definitely would be. Um, you know, one of the big things he he left us, and, and I'm going to make sure I contact my senator. I know you're going to do the same, Don. Can you share with our listeners how they can find that information if they're not familiar with who their senator is? Right. Where can they go to find that? Yeah. First off, I'll restate. Now we're talking about the Recovering America's Wildlife Act, and this is House of Representatives 2773. Uh, you can learn a great deal, and we did mention it briefly uh, in the podcast, but if you go to congress.gov and look that up, uh, it'll tell you uh, where the bill's at and everything about it. Another thing you can get, though, from congress.gov is if you put in your address, it'll steer you right to who your senators are for your state, and it'll tell you who your representative is in the House of Representatives. What's that site again, website? It's that is congress.gov. Congress.gov, okay. Yeah. Now, uh, it has already passed the House, so yeah. that's so it's a— sit, it's sitting in the Senate right now. Yep, that's okay. a good thing. So okay. uh, so your senators are the ones—it'd uh, be good to— To reach to, out to them. Yep. Yep. And as Don mentioned in the interview, it's a quick process. It's well worth your time. Uh, if Absolutely. You, if you have any connection to the outdoors, by all means, uh, ring them up and uh, let them know how you uh, feel about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll we'll be on record as telling you how we feel about it. Yeah. This is a winner. That it is. It is. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Don? I think that's okay. it. Okay. All right, folks. Well, we hope you enjoyed the podcast, um, and and we look forward to talking to you again next month. So get out in your one twenty and do something. <laughs>